Welcome this morning. Those of you who are present physically, those of you who are online, welcome to the family of God here at New Hope Community Church. As we conclude our series called Goodbye, Hello, Goodbye 2020, Hello 2021, as we look at the book of Ruth. And for those of you that have been walking through the fast today as we break the fast, as we finish it off, uh, congratulations on your commitment, your uh, perseverance there. And through this whole time, I have been praying for the people of New Hope Community Church, that God would show up, would answer your prayers, that he would reveal himself to you in unique and great ways, and that you would recognize that he is for you, not against you during these days. So stay encouraged as you continue to walk through 2021. You know, we all have journeys to where we get, right? I remember leaving for college, going to the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, and I was going into physical therapy. And I started in physical therapy and then recognized, ooh, this is really hard. This really isn't for me. And so then I switched over to business. I became a business major. And I was a business major for about a semester and realized, you know what, economics, you know, pretty boring. So I switched over to community health education, where you oversee the health of the community. You work with the county and that. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't really fit me. I want to work with people, the same people like every day. So then I switched to an education degree when I was a senior and went and got my education degree in health and psychology, K through 12 education degree. And then So here I am today, a pastor. So how do you like that journey, right? It's just like, you know, so, and I'm still trying to figure out who I am. No, but as one author put it, the life of the godly is not an interstate through Nebraska, but a state road through the Blue Ridge Mountains of Tennessee. There are rock slides and precipices Dark mists and bears, slippery curves, hairpin turns that make you go backwards in order to go forwards. But all along the hazardous, twisted road that doesn't allow you to see very far ahead in where you are going, there are frequent signs that let you know the Lord is with you. The best is yet to come. The Lord is with you. The best is yet to come. This is what we see as we conclude the book of Ruth today in Ruth's life, where she had to say goodbye to her. We're saying hello to 2021. And so this is the theme that we're ending on today. It's this line, in every loss that the godly endure, God is out ahead plotting for their gain. I want us to read this together. In every loss that the godly endure, God is out ahead plotting for their gain. Okay? And we see this in the life of Ruth. And so I want to recap the book and finish it off here this morning. And so, first of all, we start out with a sequence of ruin. 
Now we know and we understand that the word ruin means physical destruction or a disintegration of a situation or something, okay? And we see this in the life of Ruth. In chapter one, we see that Ruth is living at a time of extreme famine, extreme famine in the land. Secondly, Ruth's father-in-law, Elimelech, dies. And so his, her mother-in-law is left as a widow. Ruth and her other sister-in-law have to take care of Naomi during this famine time. But soon after, Ruth's husband dies, and also Orpah, her sister-in-law's husband, dies. And so they are left as three widows, and they have no one to care for them, no one to protect them. Not only that, they have no children. Neither Ruth nor Orpah, after 10 years of being married to Naomi's sons who just died, they were unable to give birth to children, and especially sons. Sons were a big deal in that day. So there was no son to take care of the family or to carry on the family name. And so these three widows, during a time of famine, are very vulnerable, could be taken advantage of. And this is a difficult situation. Matter of fact, there is so much ruin in the situation, in the story, that Naomi, the mother-in-law, whose name means pleasant, changes her name to Mara, which means bitter, because my life has become bitter. And that's where things were at. But in the story in chapter one, we see that there's this sliver of hope because it says, they heard the Lord came to the aid of their people. You see, right now they're living in Moab. Naomi grew up in Bethlehem. And she heard that the Lord, her Lord, was coming to the aid of his people back in Bethlehem, that there was harvest going on, there was food. And so she decides she is going to head back to Bethlehem because of so much ruin that she has experienced. And Ruth is part of that. And so we see this, first of all, in this story, this sequence of ruin. But secondly, we see in the life of Ruth this sequence of risk that she takes. So we read in the story that Naomi's going back to Bethlehem, Ruth and Orpah decide, hey, we're going to go with you to Bethlehem. As they're leaving to go, Naomi says, listen, ladies, you should just stay here with your people, your land, your gods. Why go with me? I'm so old. Am I ever going to get remarried, have children? Are you going to wait for my sons to grow up and then you're going to marry them? There's nothing for you in Bethlehem. Stay with your people, your land, your gods. And Orpah decides to. But Ruth, 
decides to take the risk and go with Naomi. We see that Ruth replies to Naomi and says, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. She says, where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Well, for her to leave Moab with Naomi and just make the trip to Bethlehem was incredible. It was up and around the Dead Sea over the Jordan River. Moab is over here, Bethlehem is over here, and in between is the Dead Sea and crossing the Jordan River. And it's 50 miles from here to St. Cloud by foot, but over rugged, mountainous terrain. And there were two widows, super vulnerable, to be taken advantage of. It was common in that day. But she says, where you go, I'll go. And then she makes even this greater comment, and your people will be my people. Man, that was an incredible risk. Why? She had four strikes against her going to Bethlehem. The first strike, she was a widow. Who's going to marry a widow? Not many people were standing in line to marry widows in that day. That's why if you had a son, it was so important because they would take care of you. Secondly, she was a foreigner. She was a Moabite. A Jew had no interest in marrying a foreigner. Matter of fact, back in the day, God said, don't marry foreigners. Don't intermarry. Otherwise, you're going to end up following their God. So that's the second strike. A third strike is being a Moabite, they were enemies of Israel. So she just wasn't just a foreigner. She was an enemy of where she was going. And then the fourth strike against her is she was childless. No man wants to marry a childless woman that can't have kids in that culture. Why? Because having kids in that culture was a big deal. Matter of fact, Psalm 127 says, like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. That was the deal in the day. Hey, I'm going to have a lot of kids, and I hope a lot of them are sons. And so Ruth takes this incredible risk to go with Naomi to Bethlehem. Because she's a widow, she's a foreigner, she's an enemy, and she's childless. What was it going to be when she arrived. And she said, hey, your God will be my God. I'm leaving my God. I'm following your God, Naomi. Where you die, I'll die. I'll be buried there, which was so uncommon. In the day, everybody wanted to be buried back in their homeland. We do the same, right? If we have a soldier who dies in battle somewhere else in the world, we don't leave them there. What do we do? We get them, we put a flag over the casket, we fly them back to their homeland. That was the culture then, it's the culture now. But we see that Ruth steps out in these sequences of risk after experiencing incredible ruin. But then from here, we see 
how she steps then into a sequence of resolve. That when she shows up in Bethlehem, she has this resolve, this firm course of action to do the right thing. And so she lives out her life in courage and in character. And I'm telling you, when we walk through 2021, let's be people of courage, but most of character. We see this in the life of Ruth. She comes into a community she doesn't know about. It's a small community about the size of Bram. Everybody's talking about Naomi and Ruth. And they're watching. And Ruth decides, even though I'm a widow, I'm a foreigner, I'm an enemy, and I'm childless, I'm going to live as a woman of courage and of character. And we see this in chapters 2 and 3. We see courage in Ruth in chapter 2, verse 2, where Naomi says, listen, Ruth, go out and glean the fields. What does that mean? During those days, it was actually a command of God that as people were harvesting, they were not to go back over their field and pick up what they have missed, but they were to leave it for the people who were poor or marginalized. And Naomi and Ruth were poor and marginalized as widows. And so Naomi says, Ruth, go out into the fields and gather grain that's left over. So she has this courage to go out and do what Naomi has asked her to do. And we see that Boaz, the owner of the field, shows up and asks, hey, who is this woman? Never seen her before. And his servant says to him in chapter 2-7, she came into the field and has remained here from morning until now, except for a short rest in the shelter. What is that saying? She's a hard worker. Man, this, this woman is a hard worker. Speaks to her character. Then we see another thing of courage, Ruth 2-9, where Boaz comes to Ruth, visits with her, and he says to her, I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. Why? Because she's vulnerable. She's a foreigner. Any guy could have come and done whatever he wanted to to Ruth. But yet she had courage to go out to the field to try to get some harvest to take care of Naomi in the situation because they were poor, they were hungry. See, we see this incredible courage. And then we see this character again. In Ruth 2.11, Boaz, once finding out who she is, recognizes, oh, this is what the town's been talking about, and says to her, I have been told all about you, what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother in your homeland and you came to live with the people you do not know. And he recognizes this character in Ruth. And we see this character again in verse 218, where Ruth brings back what she's gathered from the field, gives it to Naomi. She goes off, makes a meal for herself, but whatever she still doesn't eat out of the meal, she brings back and gives it to Naomi. She takes very little for herself, 
gives everything else to Naomi to make sure her needs are met. And so Naomi asks her, where did you go today? What field did you end up in? And she said, oh, a man named Boaz. And Naomi is like, Boaz? Boaz is a relative of your father-in-law, Elimelech. He is a guardian redeemer for our family. What is a guardian redeemer? During that day, a guardian redeemer was the legal term of one who is obligated to redeem a relative in a serious difficulty. So Naomi's like, hey, by God's command, he is supposed to help us in this difficult situation. And so Naomi tells Ruth, sister, tonight, Boaz will be in the threshing floor asleep because it's harvest time. Go lay by him, uncover his feet. When he says, who are you? What do you want? Tell him, you are my guardian redeemer. We're related. Now, Ruth is only related because she's related to Naomi. But Naomi says, go lay before him. When he asks you, say, you are my guardian redeemer. Take your garment and cover me with it. If that is the case and he does, then he's making the statement that I will take care of you. I will protect you. He's covering you with protection. And so she has this courage to go out to Boaz, lay down in the middle of the night, uncover his feet. He wakes up and she lays it out there. He says, who are you? He says, I'm Ruth. You are my guardian redeemer. If you will do so, cover me with your garment. What a risk. I mean, she's a widow, foreigner, enemy, childless. Does it, I mean, does this guy want to take care of her? And he does. Why? Because of character. He says to her in verse 10 of chapter 3, Ruth, you have not run after the young men, whether rich or poor. All the people of my town know that you are a woman of noble character. Man, Ruth, in your situation, you're looking for any man to take care of you. You're not running all over the place looking for young men, rich or poor. But you've been a woman of courage and nobility, character, even in your situation. Incredible trust. And so Boaz extends his garment. I love the picture we get in Joshua 24, 15, after Joshua establishes the nation of Israel in the promised land, and people are starting to drift from their relationship with God. And he says this, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whom the land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That is who we're serving. That is where we're going to be. And I challenge you in 2020, serve the Lord, the true and living God. There's a lot of Christ followers today that have made politics their God. They have. And removed God into second. There's plenty of Christ followers today that have made Netflix their God and moved God into second. 
Pornography, number one, God in the second. Social media, number one, God in the second. All about image, who I am, looks, and what do people think of me? Number one, God in the second. And Joshua's challenging us. Hey, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. He will be number one. He will stay number one. And this is what Ruth did. Even in her life of room, she took this life of risk, left her people, went to Bethlehem, and she had this resolve to be a woman of character and courage. And we see in the end then, this sequence of restoration of what God does in her life. And what's so cool is we get a glimpse of this restoration. God out ahead of Ruth, way back in chapter two, when she shows up in Boaz's field. In chapter two, verse three, it says, as it turned out, or we could say, oh, it just so happened that Boaz was from the clan of Elimelech. They're related. And so he is a guardian redeemer of the family. I mean, she could have ended up in all kinds of people's fields, all kinds of other men's fields where she could have been taken advantage of. But it just so happens she ends up in Boaz's field. That is God out ahead of her, directing, even physically, you're going to this field. It's God out ahead of this situation. And we see how God then uses Boaz, a godly man, who makes the right decision, the right choice, extends the garment and says, yes, I will be your guardian redeemer. And so we see and we read the end of this story. So Boaz took Ruth and she became his wife. When he had made love to her, the Lord enabled her to conceive and she gave birth to a son. 10 years, she couldn't have children. The women said to Naomi, praise to the Lord who this day has not left you without a guardian redeemer. May he become famous throughout Israel. He will renew your life and sustain you in your old age. Naomi now is gonna be taken care of. For your daughter-in-law who loves you and who is better to you than seven sons has given him birth. Did you hear that? Better than seven sons. I mean, sons were like the deal. But man, Ruth, she kicked butt over all the, all the guys. And we see this picture of what God has done to bring restoration to Ruth, to Naomi. And what's so cool about the story is that Obed, Ruth's son, who she gave birth to, is the great-grandfather of King David and is in the lineage of Jesus. And so Ruth, a Moabite, a foreigner, has opportunity to be in the lineage of the Messiah, Jesus. It's amazing. I love the picture we get in Deuteronomy 31.8, where it says this, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you, discouraged. This is written when Moses is dying, Joshua is taking over the nation of Israel, two million plus people. 
who are faltering in their faith with God. They hadn't gone into the promised land yet. And what's this statement? Don't worry, Joshua. The Lord himself goes before you. He's out ahead and he's with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Go. And we see this in the story of Ruth, how God was out ahead of Ruth. In every loss that the godly endure, God is out ahead plotting for their gain. That is our story as well. And so as we look back at 2020 and we, as we look at loss and challenge, we know that God is out ahead of us in 2021. And he is working for our gain. And he invites us to walk with him. And so this morning, as we close this series off, I want to close it with communion and you have your communion with you because communion is such a great picture of a guardian redeemer, Jesus, in our life. One who has come to rescue us from our situation, right? And so Jesus says, when you take the bread, remember, that it is my body broken for you so that you can overcome your broken situations because I'm out ahead of you. Eat of it in remembrance of me. Then he said, when you take the cup, remember that it's my blood shed for you. Because as my blood was shed for you, it covered your sin so you would be forgiven and made right with your God. And that you would then have the power by the Holy Spirit to be transformed in your life, in your character of who you are. Drink of it and remember me. May we be a people this morning as we are venturing through 2021. Remember that in every loss that the godly endure, God is out ahead plotting for their gain. It's the story of Ruth. It's our story as well. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you and we praise you for your faithfulness. That you are a God who does not leave us nor forsake us, but you call us to be strong and courageous, not to be terrified or discouraged. For the Lord our God is with us wherever we go. And so I pray that you would infuse that in everyone here today as we walk with you in 2021. I pray you would bring gain in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.